And you know what it is, baby. We're going to talk about that ACC, SEC. We're going to talk about men's and women, NCAA basketball, baby. And then, you know, we got those uh, uh, that uh, Lakers are doing what they do and then that in-season tournament and what them seedings mean. But first, we got to shout out a girl, Logo Clark. Hey, Logo, what's up, baby? Iowa's women's basketball star, Logo Caitlin Clark, was named a Big Ten Player of the Week on Monday. Hey, this marks Clark's 20th weekly award from the conference, which is the third most in conference history. Listen to this. Clark led Iowa to three wins in three days. Beating uh, uh, during the Gulf Coast Showcase, defeating Purdue Fourth Worth, Florida Gulf Coast, and number 14, Kansas State, averaging 27 points per game. She was also the MVP of that tournament. All right, congratulations. Logo Caitlin Clark. We love you. You keep doing what you do. My man, yeah. My man D, what you got to say about your girl Juju though? Juju, and this is just a shout out. So we all know how great Caitlin Clark is, averaging 29.6 to lead the nation in scoring. You want to know who's second? Who that be? My girl Juju Watkins. Hey, go Juju. True freshman coming in Averaging about 26.8, I believe. Yeah, 26.8 to go along with 7.5 rebounds. In these last couple games, she's had two 30-point performances overall on the season. That gives her four 30-point performances as a freshman through six, six games. That's just something that you don't expect to see. And like I said, her game is so smooth, and it's, it's a pro-like bag that – I'm just excited to see what she does going forward. Yeah, man, because listen, you had said it because you know I don't I don't think USC is in the top twenty five. Okay, but 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 Juju, her play <laughs> probably in the top five. Yeah, but so you said look out for her, man, and, and she's fun to watch too, and, and and she's willing her team to win and making those things happen, man. Like you said, as a true freshman, right? As a true freshman, exactly, man. So hey, you already had put the eyes on her. You already yeah, put. They the, came in ranked number twenty one. Mm-hmm. Um, first game was against number seven at the time, Ohio State, and she came out and put up a thirty point performance. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, thirty two points on eleven for eighteen with six rebounds and five assists. So she came out against one of the better teams in the nation first game and I think established herself as I'm here. Absolutely. And she hasn't let her foot pulled the foot off the gas yet. And she got them all the way up to the sixth team in the nation right now. Man, so. I love it. Hey, shout out to Juju Watkins, baby. Shout out to Logo Caitlin Clark. Hey, all y'all are doing very good. Listen, don't sleep on women's sports. Y'all know y'all coming up in just a quick moment right there. We're going to talk about the ACC, SEC, and everything that's happening there. But let's talk about the men's for just one quick second, okay? Now, we got the ACC, SEC, Men's Challenge, Basketball Tournament, NCAA, Get Down with the Get Down. Now, you know what I'm going to start off with, right? What's that? I'm going to start off with your North Carolina Tar Heels, baby. They beat Tennessee 100 to 92. What's your takeaway from that game? How you feel? Um, this is what we want from our team. Okay. Just stats wise, um, I think we we established. I think we know RJ Davis is going to get most of the shots. Um, he had, he had 27 this game. He had 27. Um, what I do like, what I do want to highlight is Elliot Cadeau. He didn't have a good shooting game. I want to say he didn't score at all. Oh, five points, probably, I think, all free throws, because he missed everything from the field. Mm-hmm. But he did have 10 assists. 
with zero turnovers. Mm-hmm. As a true freshman, as a point guard coming in, I think that's more his role. He's not going to be looked to score. Is He's going to be looked to distribute, set up the offense, get it going, get us into the motions, and R.J. Davis, it frees him up to take more shots instead of trying to get – Instead of trying to play that facilitator role, mm-hmm. um, Baycott had a twenty-two eleven game, which is around that area of what we need from him consistently. Consistent double doubles. Um, Harrison Harrison Ingram didn't foul out, which is <laughs> which is ideal. And had twenty points to go had with that. Twenty um, three steals. He's our like I said, our versatile wing guy. Um, uh, Cormac Ryan came off the bench, gave us fifteen. So. We have the depth this year. Okay. It's just going to be... And watching the game, I think this is an energy that I haven't seen from the Tar Heels in a while. Mm -hmm. It's like they're playing like that North Carolina means something again. Exactly. And that's what we need. Right. When you think about North Carolina, even when you think about Duke, we ain't taking nothing away. You think about college basketball, baby. There are those teams that, you know, it, it feels better as a sport. The sport's in a better place when we're doing good. Mm-hmm. When we're playing our brand of basketball, college basketball as a whole feels better. Right. And that goes for all the, the Kentuckys, the, the Dukes, the Carolinas. The Kansas. The Kansas. Like, all these teams are teams that it just feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, There's only one loss on the season for UNC and everything. It was an overtime loss against a well-coached Villanova team. And we only lost about two, so mm-hmm. we could have went. And that's the game where we lost three key players to mm-hmm. foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So I'm not hanging my head too much on that loss. Of course, you would love to have won that game, but again, it's one of those circumstantially we, you know, you can win any given day. We know that about sports. We up the percentages by that fifty percent more when you foul out three of your key guys. So yeah, our back was against the wall. We couldn't find a way to pull that one out, but. This is a good win against a top 10 team in the nation. Um, we do got to figure out, again, though, we and we said about last time, we've letting one guy have his way. And I don't, I don't know why it's always like that, but that's, that has been the Achilles heel for UNC basketball teams, man. They let one guy go slap off, and he end up, you know, if he have too good of a game, he, they can't win he it. Can, he can pull it out. This game is right. connect. I'm not exactly sure if I'm saying that right, but mm-hmm. he went off for 37. Mm-hmm. And they also had a 20-point performance as well from somebody, from um, James. Yeah, J.J. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to keep winning games like this. You, you're not going. To, you got to take away the other team's best option. And they, they're going to figure that out. Going, mm-hmm. He's getting going. Make the adjustment right. to, okay, he's their hot hand. Mm-hmm. Put our best defender on him and let's – you know, but and just letting him keep shooting, hoping he misses is not the – because 13 for 17 just means we let him shoot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what that meant. All right, well, check this out. How about this game right here? <clears throat> you had Texas A&M and Virginia. They played. Uh, Virginia won this game uh, 59 to 47, okay? Now, when you take and you look at Virginia – they had uh, some some good players in there, man. Uh, Dunn gave them twelve. Be- Beekman gave them twelve. Groves gave them twelve. They st- they hold starting five man uh, hitting double digits, and I think they only have one loss on the season as well. So uh, I don't think Virginia's ranked right now. But do you think you see Virginia going somewhere? Um, they're one of those teams that's their culture boosts them further than what they actually are. Are their culture makes them a better team than what people actually think. 
they're a defense first hard nosed team gonna get up in you for the whole game. So with that being said, um, if they can, I, the depth is a problem for me. Because once you get past that star five, nobody else gave you absolutely anything. Right, exactly, and I noticed that. Yeah, it's like zeros down the board, man. Absolutely nothing. So that's going to be a problem moving forward. Um, I don't see them going forward if that's the case. Not if you don't have a second unit. Yeah, if that's the case, no. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we're going to see what they're going to yeah, do, though. We're just going to have to see. Good yeah. win for them early on. Good upset win. Uh, y'all did everything right, though. Y'all did what y'all had to do this game. And um, came out with the dub. Take it. Take advantage of a bad shooting night for A&M. Mm-hmm. And can't take nothing away from them. Exactly. Now, check this out now. I done already figured out the winning combination, baby. Do you want to know what the winning combination is? What's that? Only thing you got to do is score 80 points and you'll beat Duke. They 0-5 if they get 80 points scored against them. And Arkansas did this to them for the first time, their first time win against an ACC opponent since 1995, okay? So Arkansas beat Duke 80-75, to man. So, I mean, what's going on with that? Because if you really want to talk about basketball, it is Duke and North Carolina, and it's North Carolina and Duke. Yeah. So just go 80 and win. They like 5-3 and three on the season. What's going on with that program? Um, They have a problem with something that's – Fundamental to basketball, and that's putting the ball in the hoop. <laughs> can't do it. They just can't. If you just read some of these field goal percentage, two for eight, nine for twenty, three for twelve, one for seven. You get Jeremy Roach who seven for thirteen, which you expect from him. He's your your vet. He's your senior. Then you go down to the bench. Two minutes, nothing. Thirteen minutes, two for two in the rebound. One minute, nothing. Nine minutes, nothing. Nineteen minutes. Oh for five. <laughs> exactly. And three out of the five starters scored in single digits. That ain't going to work. Not at all. And turn over the ball eight times, it's not, it's not ideal, especially when y'all are having trouble making shots. Right. And I called this earlier when the Caleb Foster, the game he went off for that got them a win, I want to say that was against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. That Michigan State earlier. They just have had problems, people scoring efficiently. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to work, especially when your best guy's taking 20 shots and he's shooting under 50%. And those are all coming around the rim, most more than likely. Uh, it's not ideal. Um, it's not what you expected either, mm-hmm. especially early on. So what do you what do you think, man? Because I, I want to take it out. You know, I like to take it up. You know, flash the film on the camera a little bit. Uh, what do you think about the Duke and North Carolina matches up this year, man? Because you know, uh, Duke here uh, lately have been sweeping North Carolina, but I think it may be a swing of the pendulum this time. So do you see uh, North Carolina doing it and maybe getting a sweep or at least splitting it? Oh yeah, no. I think we can win both games this yeah. year uh-huh. just because we match up. The way we match up with them, we're going to be able to switch around, play. Everybody can switch. Mm-hmm. Everybody can. We have the shot makers now. We have um, guys who, like I said, defend 94 feet. Shot makers, Elliot Cadeau is a great floor general. Mm-hmm. And Baycott wipes out their best player, who mm-hmm. I think is Kyle Filipkowski. I'll take Baycott in that matchup nine times out of ten. Cool. Um, Now... Talent-wise, they do have it as far as blue-chip recruits, mm-hmm. things like that, the top the top echelon recruits coming in. But I don't think we're too far behind in far as of 
what our guys can do. And we have guys who've played at other programs. They have experience. They're, and, you know, in college basketball, I think that's what separates you really. Having a good mixture of influx of young talent as well as being led by those vets. Absolutely. Yeah. Experience matter, man. Those one and does, it kind of hurts the team a little bit, kind of hurts the program. They fun to watch, but you know it's not going to, you know, hang around that much. Hey, how you feel about this uh this little matchup right here, man? You took and you had a uh, St. Joseph's against Villanova. We know Villanova is a great team, uh but uh they lost this one this night to St. Joseph's 78 to 65. So, uh you think what how, what's what's your, what's your feel on it though? Uh just one of those any given days. Yeah. Any given days. Um, cause it's I don't think they did they trouble putting the ball in the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people just got to understand six for sixteen, three for twelve. At some point, you 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 got to realize you're hurting your team. Right. At some point, stop shooting, distribute it more, assist, or get on the bench, man. But something. Do something different. Something. Um, focus in strictly on defense. Like do something. Yeah. One of their starters had what one point. Yeah, <laughs> it's not ideal. <laughs> it's not a zero for five. Like it's just one of those. They was cold. Another team made. They had to have made timely shots. Mm-hmm. Got up, and it was just too much of a hole to climb out of. Absolutely, I feel you. Hey, listen, ladies. You know we hadn't forgot about you. Women's college sports. Women's sports. Period. Again, like we say, we're pulling you up off the bottom line, and we're talking about you. We love you. Hey, ACC, SEC. All right, we're gonna start uh, right around here. How about you had Notre Dame and Tennessee? They played each other. Notre Dame pulled that thing out, seventy-four. 69 against Tennessee. Now, you know, Notre Dame been putting up 100-point games, but not this time, but they did win. So what you think about that Notre Dame-Tennessee game? Eight, number 18-20 matchup. Good game. Um, Just, like, it comes down to making making timely plays at the right moments, and that's what they did. And you don't expect a team to win shooting 0% from three. Mm-hmm. They, they figured it out. They did that. Um, they won the board battle. So that's just a testament to them staying in it and tr- finishing the game, taking care of the ball. They forced 17 turnovers. So right there, you give yourself a better chance at winning. You put yourself ahead just off of that. Absolutely. And four out of their five starters was in double digits as well. And with a 15-pointer coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. So it just all came together. That's cool because what well, they only lost one. They, they they only had one L on the season two so far. I know it's early, but you know they're still keeping it rolling, right? And that was to that was to South Carolina, right? Exactly. And we know what they're doing. We'll talk about them in a minute. All right. So listen. Then of course you had uh, Miami, Florida. Okay, Miami. They had seventy four against uh, Mississippi State. Uh, they had sixty eight. Now when you look at this game and everything, Miami they took it ahead. Uh, Roberts seemed to be the one that did everything that she needed to do, and the rest of those points came off. Off the bench, man, that was a great adjustment knowing that your bench had that because I'm looking at it right now, man, you had over over 30, almost 40 points off the bench. Yeah. You had four out of five starters scoring single digits and they still pulled this out and undefeated on the season because good of good bench play. And that's, like I said, depth, can, depth is something that I don't think people understand how important it is. Right. Because it is, everybody has bad games. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not going to be able to produce at the same level every single night. So we do need somebody to come off 
and give us sparks every now and then. It, it helps a lot. And this was a close game. Six points. We needed all of that. We needed all that 37 off of the bench. Mm-hmm. We needed every single one of them. So when you do, when you know you have that, when you know you can go to that, it just makes you feel that much more confident in your team. Absolutely. And I love it. I love it so very much, man. Hey, listen, how about this one right here? This was a bomb burn of a game, man. You had them Louisville Sluggers, baby. Louisville against Ole Miss. 64-58, man. This game was tight. It was a great game. And Louisville only have one loss on the season. But you, hey, uh, but listen, uh, Rickard Sport, hey, 15 points. And he had Jefferson, 16 points. But they was able to put it together, man, because this too was a cold shooting night for the rest of the team. But they, they Found the way to win, man. Louisville 64, Ole Miss 58. But this is just what we talk about with the um, Tennessee Notre Dame game. Ole Miss couldn't find a shot. One for 11 as a team from three. Mm-hmm. It, it, it sets you behind because you're shooting so much. And just the way I think about it, most of those shots turn into long rebounds. Right. Which allows teams to push. Mm-hmm. So. That's 10 extra, you know, that's 10 extra fast breaks most likely off of those missed threes that a team got that they wouldn't have had if y'all would have tried to lay it up. Right. Y'all would have, you know, get to the line more. And things like, I think it's just understanding the game. Yeah. Understanding what's happening in the moment. Right. Um, Got to be able to adjust. Got to be able to adjust on the fly. Absolutely. Uh, listen, so do you have uh, NC State, man? I don't think they lost a game all season. Okay, NC State. Women's basketball, Looks making like it do what it do. Uh, they took in, uh, they beat Vanderbilt 70-62. to 62. How you feel about this NC State team right now, baby? Uh-huh. And Vanderbilt is not a bad team. They only have one loss on the season. Yeah. Um, I think that this North Carolina State team is going to be somebody you got to you have to respect right mm-hmm. they have two girls averaging 15 16 points um Madison Hayes is averaging 10 Baldwin's averaging nine Collins is averaging nine mm-hmm. so their whole start lineup is right around 10 points a game right with two people averaging 15 plus um you get to the bench um they're they're a team that's deep people and like we said people can give them sparks at different times. Um, Rivers gave him a spark this night with 22. Yeah, and it's just, I think they're the team to beat in the ACC, mm-hmm. ACC-wise. Um, and like I said, they're going to be one of the better teams at the end of the year. Right. I got you. Hey, it's always, like you say, it's always good when ACC plays well, man. Yeah, undefeated tonight. Right. Uh, yeah, undefeated so far in that challenge. Um, on the men's side, 2-1. and one. You know, we root for the ACC. <laughs> exactly. And I know it's crazy because we root for the ACC, but it only makes it better that that one loss was Dukes. Right. It just makes it feel so much better. So much better. You hear what I'm saying? Hey, listen, uh, Princeton, like we say, we think of an Ivy League team, but Princeton is playing good this year. They beat Seton Hall in overtime. Princeton wins 75-71. to 71. Now, check this out. We, we, we got some, uh, some good games, man, to look at, man. And, and it's more of who's playing than the results. <laughs> we got number one South Carolina, baby. Don Staley got those girls red hot playing out there. They're playing against North Carolina. Now, we know what to expect. 
Okay, but it is going to be a game to still watch and see how Deja Kelly, Alyssa Utsby, and then that center for Carolina kind of does what I, she does. I want to see. I just want to see us compete. Right. I just want to see us compete in this game. Right. Don't let them have their way with us like the rest of the like they've had the rest of the other. You know, keep them away from a hundred, man. Just slow them down. Contain them <laughs> <laughs> the best we can. But I do. I do have a shout out. Um, as far as the. The Ivy League goes. Um, it's on the men's side. Shout out to Malik Mack, freshman, true freshman out there at Harvard. Balling has them guys sitting at six and two. Nice. Um, averaging twenty one. Make sure I got the right stats. Twenty one. Twenty one four rebounds and five assists. Shooting fifty point five from field goal. So. Like we said, there's ballers all over. Exactly. Everywhere, man. And they are they they got two more guys coming next year, so be on the lookout for Harvard Crimson, man. They might be, they might be on the rise. They and, might be building something out there. And there it is. So listen, so you know what we got next, man? We got a PSA. We got a public service announcement, okay? LSU coach Kim Mulkey done came out and said, Angel Reese is back. Angel Reese is back, and we happen to have a after a four game absence. We just gonna leave it at that. We ain't gonna name it nothing else. After a four game absence, Angel Reese is back tonight. And listen, number seven LSU is playing against number nine Virginia Tech, which is a final four rematch and everything. So what you expect with Angel Reese back on the court tonight? Came back right in time. Came back right in time. And she's the type. She just makes it easier for people around her. Um, the attention will be on her. People are going to have to adjust now. Um, this is what we wanted to see. The full roster of Elisa Morrow, Haley Van Leaf, uh, Flage, Angel Reese, all back together, back for the um for the first time with. Flaze, I mean not Flaze, Haley Van Leaf and uh, Elisa Morrow. So this is gonna be the first time we get to see what we all expected to be the best roster in in women's college basketball. What what, what kind of game you think Flaze Johnson's gonna have tonight? I would I, I would like to see a 15, 16 point game from her mm-hmm. on efficient shooting. Um and I think she has to be that this year. The the score, Haley Van Leaf can, she can be that. But I think she'll be more of a floor general type player for them this year. Um, I just hope it doesn't go back. I hope the Angel Reese thing. You know how it's it's hard to integrate somebody as her back into rotation scheme. You got to find a way to get her involved. But I hope everybody else still plays what has got y'all to seven and one. Keep playing y'all's game. Y'all have built some type of chemistry while she hasn't been there. I would like to see that keep going. And, and like I said, I don't think she hurts you guys, but it is going to be an adjustment. It's going to have to be an adjustment. Absolutely. Now, uh, LSU uh, have been getting off to a, a couple of slow starts. I don't think they can do this tonight against a well-coached Virginia Tech team. Mm-mm. They can't get off to a slow start tonight. They're going to have to come out firing, they and they're going to have to make. And buy in on defense. Right. Buy in on defense first mm-hmm. off. And that's, I just think anybody should do that because it makes offense that much easier. Right. Exactly. Hey, love it, man. And can't wait to see these games. And you know what? The results as well. Okay, listen, you know what we're about to talk about. It's NBA, and it's the regular season. Okay? Keep up, people. 
We got that too. It's an in-season tournament, but it's a it's regular games too. Uh, yeah, listen, I want I, I want to start right here now. You know, so how about how do you feel about this one right here? How you feel about the Nets and the Heat? Okay, now with the Nets won one twelve against the Heat ninety seven, and all starting five for the Nets man was red hot tonight, just going double digits man. Johnson nineteen, Finley Smith sixteen, Speedy Claxton thirteen, Dinwiddie fourteen, Bridges twenty four. I mean they, I mean they, they, you know I know that they might not have a real good uh, record, uh, but they came out tonight. Um, I like this team. Um, I like that Nets team. It's just. Building it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. They're um trying to figure it out. The the KD Kyrie Harden experiment backfired on them, <laughs> but I do like what they were able to do after that. Bringing uh-huh. in Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, keeping Claxton, um, Dinwiddie. It's just gonna be a lot. They they got some more to figure out, but this is a good win for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree with you 100%. And, and, and listen, you, you know, your blue-collar worker, uh, uh, Jaquez Jr., he he was uh, he had 18, and your boy, what, Martin Kane, he had 22 off the bench. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he didn't play that night. Uh, but it, it does let me know one thing. Uh, it, 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 they, they're, they're a hard-working team, but everybody's going to have to be hitting, and Jimmy Butler going to have to be playing. Oh, yeah, they're not they're nothing without Jimmy. Right, we, exactly. We understand that. I think they, they know that they right. know as far as Jimmy takes them. Yeah, listen, how about this one right here? All right, the Hawks took and beat the district. You know, it's kind of to be expected and everything. But uh, this night, uh, uh, Trey Young was getting closer to Ice Trey, but he still ain't there yet. But he gave him 26, man. But I was interested in, with the with the bench play. Uh, Bay gave him 13 off the bench, and Bagdanovich gave him 15 off the bench to beat uh, the, the district. Uh, Hawks 136, Washington Wizards 108. What I think is better for the Hawks right now is seeing – that 26 points from Trey, but also seeing DeJounte and Trey combine for 20 assists and only two turnovers. Right. That's that's a promising thing. You you expect the shots to start falling for Trey, mm-hmm. but if you can get your teammates going, because DeAndre Hunter giving you 20, um, Capella giving you 12, and like he said, Bay off the bench and Bogdanovic off the bench, that's a... That's a recipe to win you some games. Mm-hmm. Um, you like I said, you still would like to see more from Dejounte, right? Just because you are supposed to be that second guy. And that's what I was going to say. He's supposed to be the second leading scorer on the team, man. It's, that's supposed to be the duo. You're supposed to be that guy, but um, yeah, four for fourteen, one for six is not going to get it done from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like we said, other people were able to step up in your absence. Just don't be absent no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, listen. Now, the Pelicans played the Jazz, man, and the Jazz took and pulled this out 105 to 100. So, uh, the Zion Pelicans, they lost. He didn't play that night. Uh, 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 Brandon Ingram gave everything he could. He gave him 26. Hawkins gave him 25. Valentunas had a slow night with eight. But my what I was looking at close is they got Sexton coming off the bench for Utah with 16. Yeah, um... I like the move only other than Chris Dunn, I don't think should be starting for them. Okay. But I like the move as far as having Keontae George over Colin Sexton. Right. Because Keontae George, he has the higher ceiling as of right now, and he's more of a playmaker. He's more of, I'm going to get the rest of my team involved and get my shots when I can. Mm -hmm. Colin Sexton, 
is I've always said it, he's a high intensity guy. The best I can compare him to is Russell. Not not athletic wise, mm-hmm. but the motor. The not as polished of a game, but he he goes downhill and he comes at you a hundred miles per hour. He's gonna get in your face. He has that dog mentality where his dog eats dog and I'm not getting eight. Exactly. So I that's I still got high hopes for Colin Sexton. I still think he can be a key rotational guy for a good team. Um, you think he's going to sneak back into that starting lineup? I think so, just because I don't see... <laughs> unless they're trying to lose games. Because, <laughs> honestly, I just don't see how Chris Dunn helps you win. Right. Exactly. Well, I, I, I got you. I got you. Well, like you said, it, it, it sounded to me like it was, it's an experiment I'm that happened that night. It. Yeah, they had to be experiencing experimenting with something because you got Walker Kessler coming off the bench, Colin Sexton coming off the bench, Horton Tucker coming off the bench, Kelly O'Lennon coming off the bench, Obazi coming off the bench. For Chris Dunn, you're seven, and I don't even know who Fontakeo is. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. could have been a late night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, so check this out. You know on Wimby Watch, right? I stay on Wimby Watch, okay? Uh, the, the, uh, the San Antonio Spurs played uh, the defending champion uh, Denver Nuggets. They lost. Uh, Nuggets won 132 to 120, but Victor had a double-double, 22 points with 11 uh, uh, rebounds on 25 minutes, baby. That's just the Wimby Watch report. Now, check this out. The Clippers beat the Mavs. Okay, that's fine. So, when I look at this, the first thing I see is Luka got his... Kyrie got his. Luka got 30. Kyrie got 26. The rest of the the rest of the starters didn't score up but nine points. You can't win that way. But the, with the, the Clippers and everything, with that being said, Paul George, he had 25. But uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard only had eight, man. Clippers, 107 to 88. It was just a bad shooting day for Kawhi. Mm-hmm. That's the eight. Because he got the shots up. Um, couldn't make anything from range at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is... They got lucky pulling this one out because you don't expect to win with Kawhi shooting two for 12 and James Harden shooting two for eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it's just they got lucky with nobody or the Mavs being able to do anything. And it seemed to me like because that next, the very next game that they played was against the Nuggets, and of course they lost that game. Nuggets won 113, Clippers 104. So it seemed to me like the only wins that they get is wins when it's a cold shooting night or somebody just piping red hot. That ain't no recipe for success. No, y'all got beat by... Yeah, they didn't have Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, or Jokic. Mm-hmm. And y'all found a way to lose this game. Right. Unacceptable. Exactly. That's, Crazy. That's unacceptable. <laughs> Listen, how about them Bucks, man? They overcame a 26-point deficit, man. Them Portland Trailblazers came out with something to prove. Scoot Henderson looked like he was in this game right here, man. He gave him 13, okay? The Bucks won 108-102. Giannis had 33, of course. Dame Leonard, he had 31, of course. Then you had Brooke Lopez, gave him 10. Hey, Chris Middleton, he was a, did not play, and uh, Jackson didn't give him anything. Uh, but they had to fight for this one, man. They had to come back from behind, man, because Jeremy Grant and the rest of them boys, Scoot was like, I'm here. Bucks 108, Trailblazers 102. It was just one of them. The Buck, I mean, the Blazers was fighting, fighting for their life. Mm-hmm. Fighting for their life. And you, you like to see it from a team who is not expected to do anything up against one of the better teams. And, and like I say all the time, just compete. Some of these games you're not expected to win, but I, I, w- I always love to see you fight. Love to see the fighting guys. Love to see you try and compete. And 
Um, the Scoot Henderson move to the bench, it seems to be helping him some. Just a being able to run with that second unit is seeming to be able, is seeming to take some pressure off of him and let him play more freely. Um, you would have liked to see him back in that starting lineup, but with time, I understand. So I, I and, and like I say, um, maybe you just need to get acclimated, man, to what's going on because this is a different game. Yeah, and I think know? that I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And he depends so much on his athleticism, mm-hmm. and now everybody's just as athletic around him. Right. So it's been more finding more ways to get it done. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Listen, now this game, uh, man, I need you to talk to me, man. Not only did the Hornets win, I mean, sorry, not only did the Hornets lose to Orlando, which is smoking red hot, okay? They got like seven, eight wins in a row, bro. Orlando is just hitting on all cylinders. They might be the real deal. Exactly. So Orlando won this game against them Charlotte Hornets, 130-117. Uh, we're going to talk about the starting lineup in a second, but, hey, lost Camelo, man, for a couple of weeks, man, with a sprained ankle, man. Yeah, just... Just bad timing too. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got, we just got our team back. Really, Terry's was coming back. Gordon Hayward's um, healthy again. We just got Miles Bridges back. Lamelo was playing in that superstar level. Um, maybe even MVP if you want. If the team was better, um, it's just bad. And now it's how well can we? How can we stay afloat? How well can we stay afloat until we get him back? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's not a good look because we already did have that slow start at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. We're sitting at 5-10, and 10 and it's looking like we're going to miss him for about 5-10 games. So it's not ideal, um, but it gives us a chance to see what we have around him. Okay, so you know I got to break this down a little bit, man. Charlotte Hornets, home team, loving to death. But here's the thing. First of all, they don't force – Force-fed Mal Bridges. He's in the start lineup. That's just how it works. But my whole thing about this, you know Terry Rozier, he had lost a couple, you know, he was out a couple games with injuries. Mm -hmm. But you stick him in the starting lineup, and then you bring Brandon Miller and P.J. Washington off the bench? Yeah, I don't. And then the thing is, even if you do start Terry, the thing is, Gordon has been playing, he's been slow. He's had slow games for a while now. PJ's been on hot hand for a while now. Mm-hmm. That's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Right. I understand the starting Brandon. I mean, starting Terry over Brandon because Brandon's streaky. He's our rookie, and Terry's our arguably our second score. Well, now we got Miles back, but he's been our second score on the team, our second go-to guy. So that part I'm not too concerned about. Brandon Miller still got his minutes. Um, he got 20 a, this game. Had a great game. Two mm. for three from three. Seven of eleven. Five like great game from him, um, great game from Mark Williams. Uh, it's just like I said, I don't see the fit with Terry and Gordon, just because you, it forces you to do things like this. Right. You was always talking about the ball stopping and everything, and it just looked like what happened again, man. The ball stopped, you know. And then I, I still, I just still don't understand bringing PJ off the bench though. Yeah, that's the I told, that's the part I don't understand. Yeah, I just it's the Brandon Miller part, but PJ should have been started. Right, and Gordon has to understand that. Mm-hmm. And and think about it, think about it. Uh, this has a lot of implications, man. You you kind of have to know the background, and you know basketball like I know basketball. Uh, this was a personal game, okay? Steve Clifford used to coach Orlando. He don't coach him no more. And your boy Cole Anthony gave him thirty points off the bench. Now, with that being said, it was like a game that they even with everybody hitting for the Hornets, they might have still lost that game. I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure, but man, uh, the Orlando had they came out smoking hot, and it was like you, you, you're not gonna go home with a dub this today. Yeah, they have they. 
I think they're they've fully bought in and believe in themselves now. Right. They're they've got that fan base buzzing is something to be interested in. Um, you know, coming off of getting a number one pick, things like that, it already brings excitement to your team. And now they seem to be putting it together. Only one year off of being having that number one pick. Right. So it's 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 exciting. And then if you watch them play, they're a hard nosed team. They're a team that's like, yeah, we're young, but we're here. It, this this seemed to me like this is the best to call Anthony done played since he joined the team. Yeah, I think it's a mix of finally being one hundred percent healthy. Yeah. And knowing his role now, mm-hmm. past, I, couple, past couple of years he was fighting for that starting spot. He wanted to be a starter. Um, now I think he's buying into. I can come off the bench and still, because they're not a, like I said. Their point guard rotation isn't one guy gets heavy. No, they just rotate them in and out, and whoever's having the game gets the shots, gets the minutes. Right. It makes sense to me, and yeah, I know. And then, like you said, Bachero, he he's finally healthy too, and everything. He gave him twenty three that night as well, man. So, like I said, um, uh, I hope they keep rolling strong and hard, and making sure you know they keep doing what they do. I do hope uh, you know. I want to uh, wish uh, Lamelo Ball a speedy recovery, but when he come back, he needs to be fully healthy. Yeah. Don't don't do no early stuff, don't man. Rush back, man. Yeah, not at all. Listen, I'm just gonna tell you the score, and then you. You tell me what's more. Uh, uh, 76ers, 138. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers, 94. It's about 44 points in between that that's missing. What happened? <laughs> and it's not even like we played bad. We just got mollywhopped. Mm-hmm. Got straight mollywhopped. And it's, you can't. Shoot seven for twenty eight from three, and allow the other team to make twenty two. You lost. Exactly. You've lost that game. Exactly. And I, I'm gonna tell you something. And then you remember you you had mentioned this before. AD gave us that low end double double with seventeen points and eleven rebounds. I was watching this game, and I'm sitting here looking at it, and I see Patrick Beverly had twelve points this game. He was sitting here shooting rainbow jumpers over over Austin Reeves and everything in the paint and everything, and their hands was by their side. He, you know what it is, hand down, man down. And then it's things like me. Maybe I'm just a, a different type of competitor. I'm Anthony Davis. I I, I circle matchups against Joel Embiid. Exactly. If I'm him, um, because the same thing. That's what Patrick Patrick Beverly, a guy coming off the bench, dead maybe eighth ninth man in a rotation. Took this game personally. You sure did. Because Austin Reeves gave him a too small sign two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, where do y'all find the motivation at? Like, where is it coming from? They, I, it's hard to for me to imagine your only motivation is a championship for 82 games. That's hard for me to imagine. Mm-hmm. You have to find little things throughout the – LeBron finds it. He's arguably the greatest player of all time. Mm. And he finds little things to push him even further for that game. He goes up against Dylan Brooks. He don't care what Dylan Brooks had to say, but it's something that he can hone in on and give him just much that much more reason as to why I'm finna go out here and dominate this game. Exactly. Anthony Davis, every time you go up against somebody that they say is better than you, or you know, now they're the top center in the league, you should take it personal. You should come out, and you can't get you can't give us the thirty point games, seventeen, thirty five, 
Nah, you can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when I look at this man, it looked to me like it was a total, like what you just said, lack of effort. Now, LeBron, now he ain't a person to really like call out his teammates like that. But he was like, he was pretty disappointed in what took place and everything. So he was like, I can't even really speak on team. He said, but as far as me, he said, this was a bad loss. Shouldn't have happened. You know, but I'm just like, what? you know, come on now. Like you said, one, arguably one of the best players to ever play the game. You should be happy to be on the same court with him and fight for him every, every single, single night, night, man. Joel Embiid, man, come on, man. Jo- Listen, Embiid and Maxie did what they did with the gruesome twosome, 61 points combined, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like we here. And I don't think our starting lineup combined for 60 points. The whole starting lineup, 17, 11, that's 28, 18, 46, 60. Okay, just at 60. <laughs> Starting lineup for the whole game, 66 points. Y'all beat two players by four. Exactly. Y'all ain't winning. No. Y'all not winning like that. And then I get Cam Reddish is hurt. Why are we starting Max Christie instead of putting Austin Reeves back into the starting lineup? Right. I understand that it worked, but it's because of the players we had is the reason that it worked. Cam Reddish was a defensive stopper who could knock down threes. Max Christie isn't that. Right. He's not that. He doesn't help the team in that in the same way that Cam Reddish did. Go back to putting a better player out there who is Austin Reeves. It just don't make sense because you still had to play him 29 minutes of this game because Max Christie wasn't getting the job done. Right. It's just things like that. What about the underperformance, man, of Christian Woods and Jackson Hayes, man? Six and seven points respectively apiece. It's like, is that, that don't you think they're kind of underperforming a little Christian bit? Christian Wood, definitely. Um, 0 for 5, you're supposed to be that guy who can come in and help stretch the floor. I think he just doesn't fit well with, with the team. Mm-hmm. I just don't see the fit. Jackson Hayes, I don't expect to score. Really, it's the two rebounds that I'm that's scaring me in that department. Right. Because I don't know who – I'm not watching the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch this game. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't watch this game. Right. But um, I, I expect when he's on the floor, I don't expect it – I don't think he's running with AD with Jordan. Mm-hmm. So you should be on the boards heavy. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Exactly. And like you say, in, in – hey, and, and I, I don't know, man. I, I do hope that they kind of, like, figure it out sooner than later. But like I say, I think they really, like, hurting themselves early, man, on the fact that they're not really taking – doing the things that they need to do right now, man, because, like you say, AD, he needs to be more consistent with what he's doing. And like you say, he he, he should want to be the leading scorer every night. And, and, and I see the games. I watch them, every single one of them. I haven't watched every single one. But every game I've seen, he still don't want to go down in the paint at all. He still want to hang around the perimeter, man, and do the mid-ranges. He, he, he just don't want to be down there. And that's why I don't understand why we're starting him and Terry and Prince. Mm-hmm. That's why I said we should start Jackson Hayes mm-hmm. and let AD become more of a roamer on offense. Yeah, because Prince don't think he want to shoot his three that's points. That's it. So now you got two guys standing out by the – Nobody down in the paint. Two of the tallest guys on the team. Make, to make them respect anything going inside. Yeah. And it almost felt like an experiment game a little bit because Batum started. And he had 10 points. You know, but, hey, like I said. But, listen, 
Uh, and I'm not going to take too much from this because the Lakers bounced back and beat the Pistons, but the Pistons has has lost 15 games in a row. Yeah, the Pistons are the Pistons. Exactly. So that that that's not even a statement game, man. Uh, the, the Lakers gonna have to do better. Listen, the Suns they took and they got their seven game a win streak snapped uh, by them t- Toronto Raptors, baby. KD had 30. Man, Devin Booker on had eight points this game. He wasn't feeling good. Got locked up. Uh. Yeah, MJ is two for twelve, zero for four. Nothing I can say other than he struggled. Put he couldn't shoot. Just a bad game. Yeah, he just couldn't shoot to save his life this game. Yeah, yeah. Pascal Siakam had twenty two. Scotty Barnes had twenty three. Man, and the Raptors pulled that thing out, one twelve to one hundred five. Hey, listen. So check this out. Uh, how about this right here? You taking the Clippers? Uh, beat the Kings, one thirty one to one seventeen. Okay. Now, when you look at this and everything, Paul George had 19. Kawhi Leonard, he bounced back with 34. Zubak, he gave you his 14 points. Harden gave you 26 and everything. Darren Fox, he always does his thing. He had 40. Uh, but, again, you got uh, Westbrook coming off the bench with nine points. So, you know how hot and cold they are, man. So, what what, what, this, what are we doing? Starting lineup-wise, this is the best game from that, that, that three, mm-hmm. that James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George combination, mm-hmm. and this is ex- this is kind of where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You want Kawhi to be your leader. He, you you want him to be your one. You want James Harden to get take his shots. I think this is the most shots I've seen him take in the past three games. Right, the fourteen shots, five for eight, twenty six, six assists and three rebounds, and then Paul George just pick up some slack every now and then, be a nineteen to twenty type of guy. Yeah, there you go. Um. The bench thing is scary because, yeah, 20 points off the bench combined. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have this type of game from your starting five, it gets scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily you guys did. And it was a combination of the Kings just had an off night. Right, right. They was, they was trying to throw everybody out there. Well, listen to this. The Kings didn't have an off night this night. The Kings took and they beat the Warriors, baby, on their next one. They, uh, they, they, uh, the Kings beat the Warriors one twenty four to one twenty three. Here's my, here's my uh, question. Well, here's my statement about this game. Uh, it's another loss for the Warriors. And again, you know, when you take you thinking about that, who who's uh, who's doing what they do? You know, Curry, he's always doing what Curry do. He had twenty nine. Clay had a bounce back game with twenty points. Wiggins had twenty nine and everything. But uh, when you think about this, though. How come the Warriors won't accept, accept the fact on why they're losing? They, they, it's like they don't understand. You know why you're losing. Yeah, you, you don't have it. You don't have enough on your roster to get it done. Um, it's it's promising to see this from Steph, Clay, and Wiggs. Mm-hmm. But then it also highlights the problem. You get eight from Draymond, two from Looney, 10 from Starks, 0 from Kaminga. You only get 5 minutes from Chris Paul. And I think he went out hurt. So that there go your second unit. Man, this ain't all in this machine. I don't see how they can't see it. It's, it's not. Even just looking at the roster, how it's constructed, yeah. it doesn't give long run in the playoffs. Right. Because you, you're not, you have a bunch of players on your team who don't really produce. Mm-hmm. Draymond is not a, he doesn't produce anymore. Right. It's not the defense isn't worth the lack of offense anymore. He's not taking players out of games. He's not um, the this 
the single singles is over. Like, <laughs> exactly. The triple singles isn't like it's not the triple doubles without scoring ten points. Like those type of games aren't happening anymore. Right. Um the the Kevin Looney experiment should be done. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna get it done as being your mainly your only big man. Mm-hmm. Now y'all did bring in SARS this year. He he doesn't swing the pendulum enough for me. Right. Um, Chris Paul doesn't help your team. Mm-hmm. Having him on your roster, um, he more of a mentor, man. I mean, I love Chris you Paul. Don't, you don't have anybody that needs to be mentored. On right. Yeah. Exactly. You have Steph who needs to be mentoring somebody else mm-hmm. who was Jordan Poole, but y'all shipped him off mm-hmm. because of whatever reason y'all found. To go get Chris Paul, like I don't even know how y'all justified this move. Exactly, exactly, and it's showing. It's showing big time, showing like for real. So hey, we gonna we gonna uh, keep looking at that that too, and uh, see how these games actually play out. But listen, let me ask you this right here: with the seasons in the in season tournament, man, how, how you feel about uh, the, the seeding as far as that go? Because we do know the Lakers are still in that, at least for now. Oh no, we number one seed. Right, right. We. Um, so tell me, tell me, tell me your feelings, man, on the east and the west. Is it, it is broke up like that, right? Yeah. So you tell me what, how you feel about how all that's going and everything because this might be our championship this year. Hey, <laughs> gotta take what we can get, right? <laughs> gotta take what we can get. But um, so I'm gonna go as of right now. Right. Number one seed Lakers take on number four seed Suns. Mm-hmm. Number two seed Kings take on number three seed Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Um. Number two seed Pacers take on number three seed Celtics. Number one seed Bucks take on number four seed Knicks. Cool, cool, cool. So and then and then, and then with, all, with all that being said, you still got two play uh, like extra ones, two wild cards, wild cards, and everything. And and here's the thing about it, man, because it gets a little bit foggy sometimes, but also point differential because you can actually lose, you can actually win your game, but then not win by enough points, and you still actually lost because yep. you still out of the tournament. So that's a little confusing. But uh, do you think the Lakers can make it do what it do, baby? Um. It's hard to say <laughs> because with the way it happened, mm-hmm. we don't have a real four seed team. Right. Mm-hmm. The Suns ain't a four seed team. Right. Like the Knicks is. The Knicks is a legit four seed team. Right. We got one of the better teams in the league <laughs> that we got to go up against. So um, it's just going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. We can if we if our team shows up. Mm-hmm. I think we're deeper than them. We have the depth, and ideally, LeBron and AD can match what Devin Booker and KD gives them. Yeah. In a way. Not the scoring-wise, but everything else that we can do, like re- dominate on the boards. LeBron can possibly go out there for a 25-26 triple-double. Um, have one of those 25-30 to 30 point double-doubles from Anthony Davis um, and hopefully make some shots. Do you do you feel like and, and this kind of something just kind of just popped in my head and I, I, I we have seen it but it seemed like the in season tournament players are playing just a little bit harder and do you think they kind of letting off the gas a little bit when it comes to regular because the reason why I ask is because all games count in the long run yeah, towards regular season right um I think it's that you know regular season games still are regular season games to people yeah and people still realize it's eighty two of them mm-hmm. so it's hard to keep that motor for every game but I think the in-season tournament did give them a reason to push just a little extra more in those certain games 
Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. Well, listen, we got them regular season games and everything to the point. You got them Trailblazers against the Cavs, cool. You got the Pistons against the Knicks, cool. Now, I'm interested in the Pacers' heat because Tyrese Halliburton is playing out of his mind, and, and and if Jimmy Butler got enough rest, this should be a good matchup. Yeah. Um, the Pacers are a weird team because mm-hmm. they're so – you would think they're playing better with Tyrese Halliburton playing the way he is. But it just shows they need more. Miles Turner is supposed to be – he's what you thought of, like, Jaron Jackson Jr. down in Memphis. Right. He's what you thought he turned out to be. Um, I like the pieces around Tyrese, but I don't think he has a legit second guy on that team. Mm-hmm. I think it's Tyrese and then the Pacers. And that's true because he's been a leading scorer pretty much in all the games this season. So they just got to – it's going to be – Figuring more out, or some figuring out who can take that step throughout the season. Yeah, and it to makes solidify sense. themselves as the second option. All right, absolutely. So listen, all right. Tell me about this game and how you feel about it. First of all, the Hornets and everything—they gonna play the Nets. Okay, uh, I, give me your starting five. Did you think should start tonight? And I don't know if it's a must-win, but to me it is. I think the Hornets need to win this game just just to say, hey, we can win while the mellow ball is out, and we can win with who's on the floor. We do have Miles Bridges back because you didn't have Miles Bridges at the beginning of the season, and he averaging, man, 20 points a game. So, yeah, it's, like I said, it's a perfect time to see what we got without LaBella mm-hmm. and see who, who can take that step if LaMelo's – yeah, he's gone, but if he's having a bad night, who else can we depend on? Right. Um, starting lineup-wise, I would go Terry, mm-hmm. Brandon, Miles, P.J. Mark. Okay. And bring Gordon off the bench mm-hmm. um, in some capacity. But I think that should be the starting lineup. Um, the game-wise, is just going to – I think even without LaMelo – we're not too far behind the Knicks. That's what, that's what I'm saying, yeah. So I, I think they should really win. Play defense right. and make your shots. Okay. Let's not have a cold shooting night from three, and let's not too fall too in love with the three. Right. I, I just I hope PJ has a hot night and, and I and I do hope that Brandon Miller has a standout because you already see the Mile Bridges, he's ready to play, man. He don't care, man. He's pulling it and he's he's putting it in the air and, and it's been dropping. So I'm pretty excited about it, man. And like I say, give us something to watch, you know? Give us something to watch. Let's go, Hornets. Let's go, man. All right. Uh, you got the Jazz and the T Wolves. Okay, cool. Now you got the Lakers and OKC. Now you're pretty high on OKC. Tell me your thought process about that. I don't even know if you had a chance to really expand on it, but uh, give me your thought process on OKC, what they're doing, and how you feel. Um, great young team. Okay, that's ahead of schedule. Same way I feel about the Texans in the NFL. I feel that way about the Thunder in the NBA. They did everything right to build up to this point. Um. The SGA, Paul Pierce trade, I mean, Paul George trade kind of set it off that allowed them to do this. Um, bringing in Shea, giving him a mentor with like a CP3 for that year, um, getting all of that draft capital, not just trading it away, trying to go lend a star player. Like they sat on all of that draft capital, um, got a, a guy who is game breaking just like Wimby and shit. He's a game breaker just like Wimby. Um, filled it out with guys like Josh Giddy, who is that prototypical tall guard. You got your three and D player in Lou Dort. 
And then you found some sleeper gems in the Jalen Williams. I think both of their names is Jalen Williams. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and they're, like I said, ahead of schedule because you didn't expect it to come together so fast. Right. That last season where SGA was a first-team All-NBA guy gave them a legit, we got our guy. We got the guy we're about to lean on, build around, and have him lead us. Shaq coming back this year healthy and playing at the level he's playing at, it's like having a victor on a good team. I feel you. So it's it's a thing of they – I'm not going to say they snuck up on anybody, mm-hmm. but it's a instant – it's instant grits. Right. Like they – they did it. They good and Grit's good with the butter. You know they figured, <laughs> they figured out what they wanted to do and did it. Executed it and it and is and it's been a fair. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, gonna be a great team to watch. Okay, listen, you got the uh, the Bucks and the Bulls. All right, the Bucks should pull that one out. Uh, how about this one? You got the Hawks and then the San Antonio Spurs. Man, you know I'm on Wimby watch. Yeah, um, and I think I think this is gonna be a game that they lose, but I think it's gonna be more on Dejounte Murray taking over this game. Um, that Spurs connection, uh, he was out there with Pop. Um, but if they had him now, that team would be in a different space. If DeJounte was on that team. <laughs> exactly. With, with Benyama, it'd yeah. be a totally different team. Um, the only thing I will say about the Spurs, I think the Sohan point guard experiment needs to stop. You're hurting Victor. Nothing against Sohan, but you guys are a way better team with Trey Jones on the floor. Gotcha. Because he's a true point guard. It's certain things like y'all are running fast break, um, three on two. Victor's on your left side running to the basket. You throw the ball up to him. Nobody's jumping with him. Instead, you kick it out to Trey Jones on the three who instantly throws it in to – because he has the vision. He's already seen it. So as soon as he got the ball, he did what you should have done. Things like that, delete a step. Take a step out of there. Get the ball out of his hands. Let Trey run point, and your team is your team will perform better. I won't say you'll win more games because you still you got to fill out that roster more, but you guys look a lot better with Trey on the floor, letting him play point guard. And it makes a whole bunch of sense. Do you do you? I, and it seems like when it comes to Greg Pop, he should be the one that can kind of figure that out, man. Because I have seen him moves moving puzzle pieces around. But I'm looking for him to start solidifying this starting lineup, man, yeah. saying this is what we're going to run with. These are my number ones. These are my number twos. Let's finish uh, developing Victor. Because you, you, know you know the base point. Right. Victor. Mm-hmm. The base point is Victor. Now it's – and then you even got some of the surrounding parts figured out with Devin Fussell. Um, the, uh, dang, why am I – can't think of the guy's name. Devin Fussell. And the other guy. And the other guy. <laughs> uh, like you got some, and even like, I do like Sohan, just not at point guard. Mm-hmm. I like Trey Jones as your point guard. Right. Um, It's just some things you got you got to figure it out. Keldon Johnson, that's his name. Okay. I like Keldon Johnson as well. So you got some things there. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be figuring it out, putting it all together. Putting yeah. everybody in the right position to win these games. Right, absolutely. How about this one right here, man? Okay, the Clippers and the Warriors. The Clippers and the Warriors, man. Now, it's a lot of implications in this game, man, because uh, f- first of all, you know, love, uh, love Steph Curry to death. 
a, a hometown kid, Davidson College, and everything that goes with it. And he ain't going to really say a whole lot, but he did clap a little bit saying that we don't need distractions on the team, but we still need intensity to be there, but we don't need distractions. We need to play these games and we need to win them. Now, you know off gate, man, that Steph is a winner. Okay, that's what he do. Uh, but I think he kind of, that's the most I've ever seen him kind of speak up. So how you think this game is going to go or how you think this game needs to needs to be um, with, with the Clippers and the Warriors? Clippers should win this game. Mm-hmm. But we all know how they play in games they should win. Right. Um, I hope for Steph Care- for Steph's sake, that last game isn't a one-and-done type of thing from Andrew Wiggins and Klay Thompson. Because he's averaging thirty points a game right now. Right. And it's no reason you we got we are eight and ten. It's no reason. Um. And the same thing goes for the Clippers. I hope last game was something that they can build on. Um. They figured out some way to get it going for these guys. It is a it is a telltale game. Um. It's gonna tell a lot about both of these teams right now. And I think the Clippers you stuck. I think the Clippers are pretty much stuck in what they're doing. It's going to be more of figuring out how to put it together right. on the floor. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, I think it's going to be, this game is going to tell them how much change needs to be made. Right. And do they have what it takes on the roster to make that change? I don't think they can make a big splash. But we've seen Steph doesn't need that big of a splash guy. You know, he doesn't need that big of a star beside him. He needs somebody who can consistently do their job. Right. Whether it is score, get to the rim, get a rebound, something. But it's just we don't have anybody consistently doing anything right now other than him. And that's true. Uh, Let let me ask you this, you know, because sometimes I like to think outside the box. Draymond Green off the bench. I think it's worth a try to play Kaminga only because you have a person like Kaminga sitting on your bench who athletics – Wise, he can defend the rim better. He'll be able to get more block shots. He is fresh leg. He's younger, faster, um, jumps higher, shoots better. It, all right, of those things, exactly. All of those things. Um, the only thing that probably is not there is the IQ. Draymond's IQ is still one of the best in the league, but that's not what you need right now. Right, because these IQ ain't winning you these games. Yeah. You're still two games below 500. It's not what you need right now. You need somebody to – because right now if they – if they make Steph struggle or work too hard, your game is your whole team is raveled. Like it's unraveling before your eyes. You need somebody who can go out there and get the easy buckets, the dump off baskets, the offensive rebound, go right back up, run the floor, um Steph can lob it up ahead to him. Like you need that. Just that little bit of extra production offensively will help you guys a lot. Right, exactly. And the thing about it, when I look at this team, especially when I look at the Warriors team, first of all, you can wear Steph out. You can wear Curry can get, and then he's prone to injury. And the way he plays it, too is is hard. To, he's always running. Right, exactly. So you really gonna have to take and really uh, protect your investment, man. When it comes to something like that, and then as a final point, you gonna need a coach with the intestinal fortitude to put Draymond on the bench and then bring him off and say, this is how we going to do That's it. That's what we need you to do now. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, we're going to see, baby. And you know what we're going to do. We're going to let the, we're gonna let our listeners know. Hey, I hope y'all enjoyed it, baby. We did. Yes, we would like to thank everyone for listening today. Please join us again on our next 
podcast episode of Donald and Donald Podcast, baby. You know what I'm talking about? We doubled and we off script. Listen, in fact, don't even meet us there. How about you beat us there, baby? Yes, sir. Don't worry about the wind. Just know that the wind is coming. Absolutely. I love it. Hey, listen, come back again. You know what's going to be bigger? Better. We gonna keep it rolling. We'll see y'all next episode. Let's go. Double D. D. <laughs>